Welcome to another episode of The Scores Table. I'm William Robbins. I'm Julian McKee. You're ready to talk some basketball with my man. How's everything going for you, Will? It's going pretty well. Going pretty well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm chilling. It's, I, I haven't had shit to do for the last five days, but I got I got a full schedule of classes tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be lit in the morning. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Right, well, we're actually going to jump right into it. What's going on in Memphis? So Memphis is in a bit of a uh, an awkward spot. They started the year. They wanted to do well. I actually thought they would do pretty well. I thought Conley and Gasol were going to be solid pieces. Jaron Jackson going to be a solid uh, addition. Mm-hmm. But they just don't have much of a team outside of that. So, and, yeah. so here, here we are. The Memphis are, or Memphis Grizzlies are sitting 19 and 28. They're second to last in the conference. Only the Phoenix Suns are worse. And we get a report uh, earlier in the day saying that Memphis is interested. They're finally going to start listening to offers for Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. Man, it is it is sad to hear the the, the end of the grit and grinds. I I, I don't want to say dynasty. I don't think that's era, the right word, era. but uh, the era. Yeah, the, the grit yeah. and grind era has been very very One kind of my favorite to, to they, basketball heads. Yeah, they uh, they made the Western Conference Finals once. They they gave some teams a run for their money. They were good. Yeah, with Zebo and Tony Allen. I mean, they they really yeah. had a fun core that the fans really love seeing. And yeah, it's it's definitely it's. It definitely hurts a little bit to see it go, but I think this is definitely for the better. And if you're the Grizzlies, you definitely have to to sell somewhat high, sell high on Conley while you while yeah. he's still healthy. And Gasol supposedly now it, it, the rumor is that he's actually planning on, or at least really thinking about leaving in free agency. And I don't know, yeah, I don't really think that makes that much sense. Because yeah, he's got a, he's got to give him that much money that's already on his contract, but. Yeah, unless he's thinking that maybe he's going to earn more over the course of a longer contract. But nonetheless, he has got a player option for next year. Rumor has it that he would strongly consider opting out. But Memphis is in an interesting spot. And it's if you're the Grizzlies, you're actually kind of in a perfect position to... to uh, tank isn't the right word, but to just kind of say fuck it for this year, just yeah. because someone's got to be bad in the Western Conference. We know yep. we know one team that's going to be bad, uh, which is the Suns, obviously. Yep. And it seems soon enough Sacramento will be one of the the lower teams. Fall which, back to earth a little bit. Yeah, and they they already have, and it's um and, and even though if you're Sacramento, there there definitely is a case made to try to get an asset at the trade deadline and go for the playoffs, especially because you don't, because they don't have their pick this year. Yep. But so, here's what, here's what's interesting about Memphis. Mm-hmm. Boston has their draft pick. If it falls outside of the top 10. So they got to take the fuck out right now. <laughs> the year, the next year Memphis has their draft pick or sorry, Boston has Memphis's draft draft pick next year. If it falls outside of the top six, Hmm. The year after that, the pick is totally unprotected. Boston has it. I'm not sure. Assuming, whether... assuming, assuming the pick keeps keeps carrying over. If it falls outside of the top ten this year, or top six next next year, Boston has it. Then, if not, Boston gets it unprotected the year after. I'm not sure whether to say Danny fucking Ainge or Chris fucking Wallace. <laughs> you know? Do you know how the you know how the Celtics got that draft pick? I have absolutely no idea. Enlighten me. Jeff Green. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> Jeff Green. Yeah, yeah, that when Memphis traded him to Boston for that, or Boston traded him to Memphis for that. Yeah, bro. Yep, we got we got uh we got Tayshawn Prince in a first round pick. We then flipped Tayshawn Prince to Detroit for Luigi Datum and Jonas Jerebko. So okay. so Danny won two trades there. <laughs> God, Tayshawn Prince. What and this, and this, ever and this was to him? This, this was not good, Tayshawn Prince. This was end of his career. <laughs> yeah. And, end yeah, of his Danny, career, Tayshawn Prince was around for like four years too long. <laughs> yeah, Chris Wallace decided it was a good idea to trade a very far future first round pick. And, and I'll give him credit. It wasn't unprotected. He put a bunch of protections on it. But most yep. teams, what they do is they say it's protected and then it can turn into like two second round picks. No, not Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace says, yeah, it can just be unprotected at the end. Yeah, well, Chris Wallace might be getting a, who knows, so that, he might be getting a, a nice big fat congratulations you played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from a Celtics point of view, I'm very excited 
that they're considering trading Conley and Gasol because I want the I want Memphis to keep their pick this year. I want them to keep their pick next year because the year after that, where it is unprotected, do you know what draft that is? LeBronson. Nope, that draft. Actually, it might be. I have no idea. That draft is the first year that they're going to be allowing high school players to enter the draft. So that's going to be the double draft. The best players in college and the best high school players. Just think, you know what also is going to be And we could have a high, unprotected pick. I'm not sure if that's going to be the year or... No, I think that's also going to be the year where, after one year of college, you know something... Well, you guys can draft LaMelo Ball. Let's do it, man. Big yeah, baller brand in, the, in Boston, in Beantown. Big baller brand in Beantown. Look at that alliteration right there, bro. If we get, if we get LaMelo Ball, I am no longer a Celtics fan. It's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. man. Let's, get back. Let's get back to it, though. Yeah. Jackson Jr. is looking every part of the third overall pick, I believe it was, that the, that the Grizzlies took him at. And uh, fourth overall, yeah. There definitely is a future for this team, even though Dylan Brooks, the uh, shouts out to Greece real quick. Um, fun fact, you did I'm sure you did not know he is half Greek and plays for the Greek national team, Will. I did not know that. But oh, I, I did know I, I did know I didn't know that he's out the rest of this year though. He's injured. Yeah. So yeah. And I think Kyle Anderson is he he's on a not a Kyle great Lander- contract, but he's he's a fun he's a good guy to have around he's on a good your player. team. He's young, he's 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 playing decently well. He's around like seven, five, four, those kind of numbers. He's not bad. Yep. And Jamichael Green is is young, but he he is a free agent after this year. I yep. believe. Or or a good trade deadline flip kind of piece. Definitely. However, Will, what the fuck do the Grizzlies do with Chandler Parsons? Are they just completely screwed or is there any way in hell they could make him into something? Well, first of all, disclaimer, when they signed Chandler Parsons, I love that signing. Oh yeah, me too. Not I thought they massively overpaid him. Mm-hmm. I never defended the contract size. Mm-hmm. But I thought that having a good stretch four who can create his own shot, does a little bit of everything, good passer, good rebounder, solid defender. He I thought he was gonna up. work Yeah. I thought he was gonna work out really well for him. Again, mm-hmm. I thought they overpaid, but I thought whatever. They're, it's not like they're gonna sign anyone else. It was worth taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Now, we also didn't know his medical history, which Dallas knew, and that's why they didn't want to resign him. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis knew it going in; they didn't care. But they got him married. Yeah, but well, the Knicks knew his injury history too. That's why Phoenix didn't want him. <laughs> um, a player has to complete a physical. The team doctors know what they're getting into. They then advise. That's why all trades have to go through a physical first. Hmm. Um, that way they can be like, whoa, 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 hold on, this is not what we signed up for. But they knew what they signed up for. This and is all facts. I thought he was going to work out. Honestly, I hope they do buy him out or something this year because I would like to see him on a solid contending team. I still, mm-hmm. I don't think Chandler Parsons' career is over. I don't think he's ever going to be 18 points a game like he was in the past. But I don't think his career is over at all. Imagine if the if, if Parsons got bought out and a team like Philadelphia was able to snap him up. Do you know who I'd love to take him? Just if we're if we're doing hypotheticals, I'd like to see him on the Warriors, not uh, because I not be, not because I think the Warriors need more. They really don't. Mm-hmm. But he could one. They wouldn't ask him to do anything that he can't do. He would literally just be a stretch player. They they he wouldn't have to rush a rehab. He wouldn't have to force anything like that. And if it worked out for him, that's a really good piece off your bench because right now yep. they are. And again. I mentioned Jonas Jerebko earlier. I love Jonas Jerebko. I thought that him and Luigi Dayton was a good trade for Boston. But Jonas Jerebko is not someone you want to rely on. Jonas Jerebko is a solid bench piece, but not a piece you want to have to rely on. And it's at the point where the Warriors quite simply just have a bad bench. There's no other way to there's no way to sugarcoat it. They just have yeah. a bad bench. Iguodala. I still like him. He can still contribute. He'll be yep. he'll be fine in the playoffs. But I think Livingston is solid enough too. W- w- Livingston is really going downhill though quickly. Yeah, you can see it. But 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 Livingston isn't the kind of player who's going to be in the game where he's hurting you. Yes, Jacob Liv- Evans has been a zero. I yep. don't like Kevin Looney. Um, yeah. and, and other than that, I mean, I, I, Alfonso McKinney's pretty good. 
Yeah, or but do you it's it's rely it's, on Alfonso McKinney no, giving no, a minute in the playoffs. <laughs> now, now the Warriors have whiffed on a few straight drafts, and that's that's really what's hurting them is you can't whiff on that many drafts in a row. Yeah. Um. Well, they but, they hit on Daniel House and soon, and they. <laughs> yeah, and then they and then they <laughs> let him go. And then Houston picked him up. He was great for Houston, and then Houston and him got in a contract dispute. And now he's just going to finish the year on the G League. So I don't. It's actually a bigger L for the Rockets than him. The Rockets yeah, have, been, have, have seriously struggled to fill his void seriously. Uh, ever since he was ever since he left. Gary Clark yep. is playing a big fat zeros in the yep. points column, even though he's a capable defender. It's well that that's that's a that's a different story for another day. <laughs> but when now, you look at Grizzlies, it's interesting because they do actually have a few. They have solid a few solid young players defense. you can flip. Well, I'm they sorry? also they also they also have young pieces that. You could, I wouldn't say build around. I think you can kind of build around Jaron Jackson. I think he could end up, he reminds me, now I'm nowhere near saying he's going to end up like this player, but he reminds me of a young Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as good as Anthony Davis. I would love to be proven wrong because I think he, I think he's a great young kid. His dad played in the NBA. I think that he has a lot of potential defensively. He can shoot the three really well. He's kind of got an unorthodox jump shot, but it goes in whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, he's he. I think he could end up. And again, I'd love to be proven wrong. I think he could end up being a perfect second player. I agree. He now, there's a lot of Chris Bosh in him for me. I think. I see it. Now, especially the problem- with. Yeah, especially with being able to be a great second, third option on the team. Yeah. yeah. Now, the problem is right now, the, he doesn't he doesn't play that many minutes on Memphis. You know why? Because if he plays more, he's going to foul out. He's a foul machine right now. Mm-hmm. He fouls way too much, so I kind of get him not playing that much. I remember earlier in the year, he would, people, people were all upset, like, oh, why isn't Jaron Jackson playing in the fourth quarter? You know why? He's already got five fouls. Mm-hmm. He, he fouls a lot. So he has room to grow defensively, but he's long. He's six eleven. He's got a, he's got a crazy wingspan. He can jump. He can he can block shots. He's got fast hands. I think I think he could end up being a solid player. Now, if and now that's why they need to be bad this year. Get an R.J. Barrett. Get a Cam Reddish. Get a Zion Williamson if they can. I don't think they're going to end up getting the first pick, but get a get a high um, high ceiling player like that. Now suddenly you have one of the best young cores in the league between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I, I still I still think that Kyle Anderson's a good piece. I think Dylan Brooks is a good piece. I like Justin Holiday. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't know if he's going to be a long term piece, but I think he's a solid young player. Mm-hmm. Garrett and- Temple, I think you can flip. Mm-hmm. I think you can flip Conley, Gasol. I think they should try to flip Jermichael Green. They should be able to flip Cassipy. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think if they could flip Omri Caspi, that would be good for him, but I don't, I don't really know who's taken. There's a reason why the Warriors literally cut him last year. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a nice 11th man on the roster that you can, that he can play a few minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. How, and, yeah. uh, Yvonne Rab is a project of projects, but yep. that kid has a lot of potential. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know a lot. He's got, he's got some potential. I think potential. he could, I think he could be a bench player. Yeah. He's he, he's barely played this year, but the the, the kid is super. Uh, still, he's he's like twenty. I mean, yep. he's he's definitely he he's a project, but he's he's someone the, the Grizzlies can definitely wait to. They can afford to wait on him. Yes, yes. Now, now I think that they, and and it sucks because the Grizzlies are a very small market team. And I and I was reading a piece earlier. I can't remember who it was by. But they were they mentioned that Memphis is one of the smallest markets in the NBA. A team mm-hmm. like the Knicks or a team like like the Celtics or the Lakers, they can afford to tank because they're in such big markets that people are going to come out and see them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Memphis doesn't have that. Memphis doesn't really have that luxury. They they barely fill out their stadium as it is. They become a poor team. Who knows how many fans are going to get to show up? And this is not a knock on the people of Memphis. It's just it's just true. They're in the bot. They're usually in the bottom half of the league in attendance. But I mean, if you're Memphis, if if you're the Memphis fans, what the fuck else are you going to do than go to the basketball game? They don't have 
they don't have a football team. They don't have a baseball team that isn't the – I think their baseball team is a triple-A of the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, my and God. I know they have good food there, some nice barbecue ribs, some down-home southern hospitality. I actually have heard good reviews of Memphis from players like Zebo and Rudy Gay. Yeah, play- it, players love Memphis. Yeah, and my sister was actually married to a dude who whose job was in Memphis, I think, the last year or two, and she was the first person I've ever seen in my life who couldn't wait to get back to New Jersey. She was thinking <laughs> for New Jersey. She was like, a, <laughs> she she couldn't she she couldn't be without it. But um, that being said, like I I don't even though I don't understand why Memphis has such a such a small market even though they are a small city just because like what the fuck else are you gonna do if you live in memphis well <laughs> the, the the thing with memphis is the thing the thing with memphis is they're not i mean they're in tennessee that's not really a basketball place yeah um but i don't know so that that that's what sucks and and what i was basically reading is that the people of people of memphis and this is with a lot of small market teams they don't even care about being a contender they just want to see like if they're going to go to a game like for small market teams, you just want to see an exciting team. You just want to see like, like oh, that was a competitive game. That was fun to go to. Mm-hmm. It's not even as much about wins as losses as it is just about being entertained. Yeah. At, at, for a small market team, it's less about the it's le- it's more about the product than it is about the result. Yeah. Now that's definitely true. Now that's why it's tough for them to trade Conley and Gasol because we don't know what would happen to their team if if they're tanking. But they suck anyway, so I think they should go for it. Now, now they're not going to get anything that great for either player. Both both players are very highly paid. They might need they might even need to give up an asset in order to move on from 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 one of their deals. Conley is paid like a top ten player in the league. Same with Gasol, and those are the the two deepest positions in the league, and it sucks. They're both very good players, but who knows if they'd want to, if teams would want to pay that much, which is why we're now going to segue into the New Orleans Pelicans, because I think the Pelicans are one of the teams that should be trying to get Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Now, now, we're not going to sit here and like go like, OK, who says no to this trade? But I think that Mike Conley would be a solid addition for Memphis if they can get him, if they can get him for cheap. And that's without a doubt, because... Here's the thing. I like Alfred Payton. I'm not hating on Alfred Payton. I was sad yep. when he cut his ridiculous week, <laughs> weekend hairstyle. But you know what? He's he's a really nice backup point guard. However, I would not want him starting on my team, even though he has played well this year. Yeah. Conley and Drew Holiday is a nice backcourt. Holiday yes, doesn't have to handle the ball. He can play off ball. Yeah, I think he's, an, without a doubt, an all-star this year. Mike Conley? No, Drew Holiday. Oh, Drew Holiday, yeah. And Mike Conley is averaging averaging twenty and six himself. He has a case. He has an yeah. All Star case. And I, if you're the Pelicans, which is one of the, <laughs> ironically, we were talking about the Memphis market. The Pelicans market yeah, is smaller market. Is is negative? The smallest in the league. I mean, talk about the definition of a football city. I'm sure there's some fanatical Pelicans. Yeah, with like large, like life-size stuffed birds in their living room who yeah, watch no, all the and, and and after and after how uh, Sunday's Saints game went, who knows? Uh, who knows how lively that city's going to be for a while? Yeah, true. They're probably going to be pretty depressed, even though I, I'm still boycotting football shots to my man Colin Kaepernick. Okay, anyway. that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this is a if you're if you're the Pelicans and there's a question that AD is going to leave this summer. Even though we just got news that his uh, his finger injury or hand injury or whatever it is yep. is significant, and he's going to be back in the lineup soon, which is which huge is great for, them. for them. But this is a Conley trade is is exactly what they need, and even you know Gasol isn't a, a terrible idea for them either. Because no, I don't like that. I don't like that he's one. A though he's got Does what Gasol not an upgrade from Miritich? Not for the way they play, I'd say. I mean, Miritich, Mirit, Gasol is going to want post touches. Gasol is going to want the ball in his hand, and that takes mm-hmm. the ball out of Anthony Davis's hand as a big man. So I don't. I think they should avoid that. But Mike Conley, the reason why I, I would like Mike, them to go after Mike Conley is because it says to Anthony Davis, look, we are giving you everything we possibly can to succeed here. 
because I think I think in Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Mike Conley, big three. Mm-hmm. That's what a top five big three in the league. That's really damn good. Yeah, it's it's a team that makes sense. And now the rest of their team still yeah. needs work, but those three, you should definitely be able to make the playoffs with that roster. And the Pelicans are the one, or, or one of the the Pelicans and the Sixers, I think, are the two teams in the NBA that need to be scouring the buyout market more than any other team. Because yep, here's the I thing. agree. The Pelicans starting five as it is right now, where they're five best players. It's actually, really one good. Thing, one thing about the Pelicans that's that a pro- that's a problem with them is they can't play their five best players on the court at the same time. Yeah, because you cannot play Randall, Miritich, and Anthony Davis all at the same yeah, time. It's tough. The the triple towers that doesn't now now they'd probably <laughs> have sound good <laughs> for them for them to get Conley they'd have to give up one of Randall Miritich, but let's say as long as you can keep Holiday, that's that's a good big three and you can kind of figure out the rest later. I mean you still assuming assuming they don't have to trade any of these kind of guys. Etwan Moore he's kind of come back to earth after his really good start, but he's still a good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. He can still. He can still defend one through three, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, they got they they got they got solid enough players. If you can add Mike Conley, he's because Mike Conley is one of the best point guards in the league. Mm-hmm. That should be enough. And the, just the fact that if Mike Conley is on your team, Alfred Payton can run the second unit, and you do not have to yep. give minutes to Tim Frazier or Frank Jackson. I like Frank Jackson. I think he'll be good eventually. But not not right now, bro. Yeah. Just not right now. And the the Pelicans bench is still just there's if just you're, skeletons if you're, there. If, you, if the Pelicans got Drew Holiday and went into the playoffs with a Holiday, Conley, Anthony Davis core, which teams are you saying, okay, they're definitely gonna lose to that team? The Warriors? That's yeah. it. Yeah. I think I think I think I think that that team could be able. I think the Thunder would beat them, but I think they'd I think they would hang with them. I think Houston would be an interesting matchup. I think Houston would win, but again, they could probably hang with them. And the rest of the teams in the in the West, I don't know. I think I think they could probably beat Denver. They could probably beat San Antonio, or they could beat San Antonio. They could probably beat Denver. They could probably you know. Yeah. Once Anthony Davis is in the playoffs, it's it's who knows. And the great thing about making a move for a guy like Conley instead of just an Otto Porter, um, who the Wizards probably are as fucking delusional as they are and going to trade him anyway. But the great thing about getting a Conley on your team is that you can pull a Tony Montana in the offseason to, to Anthony Davis. And if, if Anthony Davis wants to leave, you can say, okay, fuck you. How's that? Okay. You can you can just say you can you can just tell Davis to go screw himself because the Pelicans actually did put a pretty competent team around him. Right now, yeah. they, they, they uh, huge upgrades are needed, and right now, if they keep the same roster, it is the Pelicans' fault. If straight up dead ass, no yep. other way to put it, if he leaves. They, However, if they get Conley, then they can't really put then then everybody can't really put blame on them. Yeah, and I think I think the big thing for them is if they don't have Anthony, if they if they let Anthony Davis walk for nothing they might as well not have a team in New Orleans anymore we've mm-hmm. said this in the past mm-hmm. but and I'm kind of secretly rooting for that to happen just because I think the NBA does need a, team, a team. need a team in Seattle again but, but that's that, another that, story for another day that, right that's another story yeah <laughs> but if if you can put a solid team around him then he said he said he would like he said he would like to consider staying in New Orleans. Give him the reason to stay. If there's yeah. even if there's even a as long as you can get it to like okay, there is a 50% chance that he stays, that's good enough because Anthony Davis is going to most likely retire as the as the most talented power forward of all time. Yeah. Whether whether he retires as the best power forward of all time, that's another thing. But he certainly the, has potential to be the most talented. Yeah, that's a fact. That's all. That's that's a fact right there. Because, because I, my 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 top five power or my top few power power forward rankings: Tim Duncan is number one, KG, Dirk, uh, Charles Barkley. Those guys are in the are in the rest rest of it. Malone, Carl Malone. Yep. But Anthony Davis is more talented than all those guys. Yeah. Without a doubt, nobody, nobody in the NBA, nobody who knows two fucking things about basketball in the world 
is going to is going to debate you on that. But at the end of the day, I think we can both agree on the facts that instead of bringing in uh, just a, a, an auto porter or even even like a Jabari Parker who who as he I'm sure he'd help a little on offense, but he he just fuck everything up on defense. I mean Jabari Parker's allergic to defense. He should keep yep. he should keep a thing of Benadryl in his pocket. I mean, I'm sure he looks. He must look like <laughs> Will Smith in the movie Hitch. He, his face must start s- swelling up. He has to go to the hospital for allergies and shit when, whenever he has to play. Actually, try to play defense. Anyway, yeah. that that is not the type of player they need to look to need to look at. The Pelicans need to go. They're not going to be able to get Kemba or Beal or one of those nope. guys. They just got to go big with someone like Conley. If they have to take extra money a few years down the road, overpay. Then so be it. Just got to say fuck it if you're the Pel- Pelicans and go for it. Yeah, all right, and that's gonna on lead to the next one. Let's on do to it. the next topic, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. So Carmelo was just traded, or is in the, in the process of being traded to the Chicago Bulls. Now the, get Bull, the Bulls have no intention of keeping him. The Bulls were just doing this because Houston threw in cash. So. So he's now available, or going to be soon, available to sign with any team. Julian, what team should he go to? There's the three teams, I already had these teams in my head, and I know they came out in some report by one of the, not, I don't know if it was Woj, but one of the NBA Twitter gods, that the three teams interested in him are Philadelphia, LA, and the Heat. And those are the three teams he should be looking at, without a doubt. I'll break it down real quick why each team should have an interest in them. All right. A, the Lakers. They have LeBron and their bench is shit. However, us, you know what actually is a fact, Will? You know who's been playing quite well recently, especially in the new year? What's that? Mr. Michael Beasley. Okay. He's, he's showing a pulse as a bench scorer. He really is. And I think if you're if you're Carmelo... Just yep. the idea of playing in L.A. with LeBron, you kind of just have to go for it, I think. And uh, so number B, uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> option B, option is, B. Um, I think is the Sixers. And the Sixers bench is just kind of really pathetic right now. And it, they signed Corey Brewer. We'll get, to, we'll get to a debate that we almost had about Corey Brewer via text. But okay. I, wanted to dis- I wanted to save it for this podcast. That uh, they they just signed Corey Brewer just for another body on their roster in the wake of there's still who whoever the fuck knows about Fultz at this point. Um, Furkan Korkmaz is getting too many minutes. Mike Muscala is uh, I I I just don't think he's good at all. Amir Johnson's still on their roster. Like the Sixers need a massive bench upgrade. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Option C, I think because if you're the Heat. You kind of don't really have anything to lose in this situation. What's the Heat ceiling this year? Like the seventh seed and just yeah, get about that. their asses kicked in the first round? At the end of the day, it's the Wade's last year. He deserves the world. He's good friends with Melo. You just see what happens in this situation. And I'm, I'm sure the Heat can afford an, an extra roster space, especially yeah. when they trade Wayne Ellington for a second rounder or whatnot. Yeah. So that that is my piece. Who do you think he should go to, Will? Retirement. Oh, okay. I think I think he should retire. It's now I feel I, I do feel bad saying this and, and I'm gonna come out and say it. I think Carmelo Anthony, first ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you. He's one of the best basketball players there's one of the best scorers there's ever been phenomenal olympic athlete probably the best olympic best usa basketball player there's ever been in terms of like stats and stuff he's been phenomenal for team usa he's won three gold medals now he is not the same player he once was that's not controversial anyone with eyes can see that here's the problem with carmelo it's still unclear if he's aware that he's no longer the same player. He came off the bench for a few games in Houston earlier this year, and they they kind of treated him as the scapegoat a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Without doubt, 
But did they get better after they got rid of him? By process of elimination, yes. Yes. Now, OKC, they had the same exact roster as last year, besides Carmelo. Are they better or worse? Well, this year they do have improvements. Such players like like he he's injured now, but Hamadou Diallo and and, and Dennis Schroeder, have, but exactly they have made tweaks. Yes, but Car but not having Carmelo Anthony in the lineup has been huge for them. Now I'm going to read you off a few Carmelo stats because and again again I want this out there. Carmelo Anthony Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Last year, Carmelo Anthony shot 36 percent from three point. That's good, not great. It's whatever. This year, he was shooting 32% from three-point. Again, whatever. But here is the problem. You look at Carmelo Anthony's advanced statistics. Last year, Houston, or excuse me, last year, OKC got outscored by seven points per game when he was on the court. When he was off the court, they were the equivalent of one of the three best teams in the league. When he was on the court, they were equivalent of a bottom five. This year, this year, he when when he was on the court, Houston got outscored by six points a game. In all, in all, and he only and he only played. Uh, let me just look right here. He only played twenty min about twenty minutes a game for them in his ten games. So he, he got out. So it's a, again a small sample size, but they got massively outscored when he was on the court, especially on defense. They were three points uh, points per 100 possessions better with him on the bench. That's that's a decent amount. Carmelo Anthony is no longer the same player he used to be. And he's just, he's, you know, when you go to a sporting event, you have to walk through those like little like turnstiles. Mm-hmm. He's a turnstile on defense. <laughs> he literally is. He he doesn't he doesn't rebound. His his rebounding the last two years have been the worst of his career. I thought in OKC he was in a perfect position. He all he had to do was rebound the basketball and shoot three pointers. Instead, he only got four rebounds per game, which was a career worse for a team that besides Steven Adams didn't really have that many rebounders. Now, again, Westbrook is going to take a bunch, but still, he was on the court a lot when Westbrook wasn't. Their team got better when Carmelo Anthony wasn't on the court, and the same thing and the same thing with Houston. This year, he came into Houston knowing he was going to be a bench player, and he still had their third highest usage rating. He would get the ball and wouldn't give it up. He has never been a high assist player, and it's only gotten worse because now he's just trying to ISO, and the difference is the shots aren't still going in. Now, I understand why Philly and L.A. would want them, would want him, because future Hall of Famer, he's only about 34 years old. He still has that breakout kind of potential in terms of like, wow, his career could go a few more years if he just accepted being a bench player. But for Carmelo, the longer he's like this, the more likely it is that he's going to be remembered like this. You already have people on Twitter arguing that these last few years and people people on like those talking head talk shows arguing that these last two years that he's played have ruined his Hall of Fame chances. Fucking ridiculous. Who the fuck I, are I agree. I, I agree that it's fuck ridiculous, but I agree that it's ridiculous. But I think that he needs to go out on his own terms. He can't. It's so sad when players like Tracy McGrady and Allen Iverson and players like that are forced to retire because no one wants them. It's better to go out on your own terms, both for your legacy and just for your mental makeup. I agree with that. However, I wouldn't say Carmelo should still come back because here's the thing. Ever since I started following basketball way back when, way back when, until a few years ago when a man named Lance Stevenson entered the NBA, and yep. Swaggy P did as well, Carmelo was always my favorite player, hands down. Yeah, got, I've got an old pair of Carmelo shoes, and as I record this podcast, I am staring at a Carmelo jersey on my wall right now. That's how much I love him. Yep. 
I wouldn't say that he should come back unless I thought he still had something in the tank. And I, I think any person who thought that – I'm not going to call them a complete idiot, but any person who thought the Rockets situation was a good idea for him, looking at the, the situation just face up, straight up, dead ass at yeah. the beginning, it made no sense. You think a 34-year-old Carmelo who's semi-washed is going to fucking get along with D'Antoni a second time? No. When they hated no. each other at the first time and he was in the prime of his prime? Oh, come on. But what was his and excuse was, last year then? he was supposed to replace Ariza and Bahamute, who were good defenders. And Carmelo no. never going to be been a good defender. That's ridiculous. Here's the thing with Carmelo, though. He's actually shown flashes this year. Even though he only played, what, like 10 games? He actually did show flashes. He put up 22, 24, uh, only a few games before he, they, they completely benched him. He, he put up 28 on good efficiency. 28 in, um, in 7, I think it was. No, 17 and 7 the game after. Like, yep. Carmelo does, he still has something left. And I think it's all, with Carmelo, it's all a matter of just accepting your role. And I, I think the thing with OKC might have even been a little mental. I think he... He might have just been trying too hard. Trying yeah. to, he, he, was, he was out to prove something, and he just wanted to prove it too hard because he was getting – it wasn't just like Westbrook was – Westbrook treated him and Oladipo completely differently. He had Oladipo just stand in the corner and g- gave him the ball once in a while and said, okay, Victor, I'm taking this possession off. Do what you want to do. Melo got open shots, and he just wasn't making them. Yep. And – I think this experience for Melo has to be so humbling that he's getting roasted on Twitter for no reason. All these little fucking, I'm sure, mumble rap listening uh, fucking idiots talking about he's ruining his Hall of Fame chances, spending all their, their days on Instagram thinking that they're actually, that actually no basketball. That, that's, that, that point of view is so ridiculous. And I think that – here's the thing though. I, th- I think Carmelo will be humbled by this, and I will say this: yeah. no matter what, I do think this should be his last season. I if agree. He, if he comes back well, he can come out. He can go out on a high note. I agree. And if not, he can still kind of go out on his own terms. If this is his last year, and he can, I'm sure that, if, especially if he's on a team like LA or the Heat. They can yep. kind of give him a little bit of a fail, farewell tour because that's what... Or back to the Knicks. Help him That's tank. another reason why I don't want Carmelo to just leave now because he does deserve a standing ovation to wave goodbye to his fans. And he's, yep. he's a Hall of Famer. He deserves that. He doesn't deserve to just... I, th- I just think it's yeah, a little... Yeah, but, 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 but this is a business. Yeah. And... You have to you the the same way. Not many players get what you just talked about to be applauded and whatever. It t- it it's only the very absolute best. Dirk Nowitzki's getting that. Dwayne Wade's getting that. Carmelo Anthony is not nearly at their level. Mm-hmm. The players that are at his level, the Tracy Mag- the or, or career wise, kind of the Tracy McGrady's the. Uh, like the Allen Iversons, they didn't get that. They hung out, hung around too long, and then like 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 the player that I always think of Carmelo Anthony for some reason is Dominique Wilkins. Mm. Dominique Wilkins didn't get that. Players at that level don't get that. Yeah, but I still, I think it's actually now that I think of it, it is different with the NBA versus like the MLB. Yeah, I I was. I've been a bit of I've been on a bit of an MLB binge the last few days, especially with my man. Shouts out to Mariano Rivera, unanimously in the Hall of Fame. Not that uh, I was ever thinking that was going to be in jeopardy, but he deserves it. Talk about someone who and and here's the thing, Will. As much of a Red Sox despiser am I as I am, David Ortiz deserves to to get the same treatment. I agree. First Obviously. ballot, pr- pr- pretty much. You, I don't I don't know if I'm calling him unanimous. But no, I, I, don't, I don't know if Ortiz should be unanimous, but he's certainly pretty damn close. I was, I honestly, Mar- Rivera did deserve to be unanimous. He was mm-hmm. probably the best closer of all time, but <laughs> you said probably. 
the well, disrespect. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. See, here's the thing. I don't know baseball that well, so I don't know if there were any closers better in the '90s or earlier. He had like a hundred. He had like 200 more saves than anybody else, man. If you if you ask Craig Craig Kimbrell's agent though, Kimbrell's agent is saying telling teams he's the best closer of all time. So all you Red Sox think you're better than you are, man. Getting too big for your. What's, what are you like, talking about? I don't even want Kimbrell back on the team. <laughs> I don't want I don't want Kimbrell back on the team. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm saying Kimbrell thinks he, he won a chip, so he's like, oh, I'm good now. Craig Kimball's all right, man. The Mets have like three better closers than him. Anyway, 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 anyway we're gonna get on. We're, we're, we're gonna get on to our very last topic here: All Star picks. Now we're gonna go through. We're just gonna each. We we haven't really discussed this with us. We want to leave it more of a surprise. So we're each gonna go through, say who's on our All Star team, and then we're gonna debate the ones that if I have, you don't, or vice versa. Because obviously we don't we don't need to debate, for instance, that Kyrie Irving is on the All Star team. That's not worth that's not worth really talking about. All right, so, well let's go let's let's let's, let's go let's, with your East starters. Let me uh, hear them. my Eastern Conference starters: Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid. Nothing to debate. I agree. The only thing that I kind of struggled with was should I put Bradley Beal over Kemba? I ultimately decided that I wanted to put Kemba over him, but Bradley Beal is on my bench. And Beal has been absolutely fantastic ever since, of course, Mr. John Wall got hurt. <laughs> yep. And, uh, let's, we've talked about that previously. We can't go back over that, but Beal is an incredibly deserving all-star. Yep, he's been, he's been fantastic since then. The only reason why I put Kemba is because I think that he's just been a little bit better for longer in the season. And I, th- I forget who made the point. I think I heard it on a podcast recently, but the Hornets are fucking awful without Kemba. Yep. They're They're ter- well, that's, always, that's always been the case. That's always been the case, now, but boy, now, is off, it clear now. <laughs> off your Eastern Conference bench, who are your absolute locks? My absolute locks? I have, uh, I have six absolute locks okay. out of the seven bench places. I have five. My locks. Bradley Beal. Agreed. Victor Oladipo. Agreed. And prayers out to him, by the way. Just yeah, re- scary. As, as we're recording this, uh, Victor Oladipo actually just sat, went out with a very scary knee injury. He had to be stretchered off the court. So prayers go out to him. Very sad. Um, <sighs> once, once we know more, we'll kind of talk about uh, him and the team and what this does. But as of right now, we're going to just treat this as we know we don't know anything so there's nothing to talk about so and regardless of an injury or not he de- he deserves to be an all-star oh yeah yeah so, so um yes bradley beal oladipo yep. then i don't i don't even know what the fuck position ben simmons plays on these ballots but he's in there he, he's uh he's technically a guard but then you can technically play oladipo or a beal as a forward so well, it doesn't really matter, I guess. All right, who are your other locks? And then my other locks are Blake. Yep, Blake Griffin, yep. Vucevic. He is also a lock for me. And averaging 19 points and six gains, six assists per game. Drum roll, D'Angelo Russell, Brooklyn. Now, get it. I have all six of those players on my team also. Blake, Vucevic, Simmons, Beal, and Oladipo are all locks for me. D'Angelo Russell, I have as the last two spots in the East were tough for me. Yeah. There was spots. The other one, I have no fucking idea. The the top 10 uh, positions on my Easter conference ballot were so easy. Mm -hmm. The last two were very hard. And there's a total talent drop off. Once you get past the top 10, it becomes... Like a totally different thing. Now, I ended up going with D'Angelo Russell. I think that he's been fantastic recently. Mm-hmm. Now, he, the one, and I've discussed this with Julian privately, D'Angelo Russell, the entire, his, his whole career, he's had a problem with consistency. So, I hope this is who he is now. Some mm-hmm. of his shooting numbers are a little bit unsustainable, so he'll come back to earth, obviously. But can he work through that and maintain this stretch? We'll see. 
But regardless, yeah. the, the all-star team is just about this first half of the year. He's an all-star in my mind. Definitely. If the game was tomorrow, he is a lock. I, I don't know if a lock, but yeah, he makes it in my book. I don't now, think that he's... I'm I'm worried that his I'm I'm as worried as you are that his level of production is going to fall off just because of the inconsistency. But he's had an an incredibly consistent month, and he's he's yeah. been fantastic as of late. And yep. hopefully that if 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 he can keep that up. Now, who is who is your last All Star spot on the East? My last All Star spot is so hard. I'm for me. There's a there's it's a toss up between five players. Yep. For me, Option for me, it was one. between between three or four. For me, I have to, even though I want to put him on timeout because he's been a <laughs> he's been a bad man this year, yep, not yep, in the yep. Aaron Rodgers type of way. He's been just a, a train wreck this year. But Jimmy Butler is putting up nineteen five and four. Okay, there's a you can make a real case for him. John Collins on one of the very worst teams in the NBA, but the man's putting up nineteen and ten. He's doing work. Someone's got to take shots that isn't named yep, Trey yep. that team, but the man's been got to give the man his props. I think Josh Richardson, who's putting up eighteen a game, uh, eighteen a game, excuse me, definitely deserves um, consideration. Yep. Um, especially on a team like the Heat that's barely staying alive, they've got Richardson and Winslow, and that's about it right now. Yep. And someone like Chris Middleton, I don't want to. I, I it seems ridiculous to put him as an All Star, but yeah. He, He's kind of there, and Pascal Siakam, which had a really great year, and you have to look at him. Yep. Now, my the, the players that I was deciding between was Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Al Horford, Eric Bledsoe. Mm. Now, I, I I decided it had to be one of those five. I went with Kyle Lowry. Who'd you say you went with? I haven't really gone with anyone, but there's a real case for Kyle Lowry that's hard to argue against. Here's, I actually here's, here's Kyle Lowry, but here's 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 my case for Kyle Lowry. He is averaging 14 points, which isn't the best. He's shooting about 42 percent. Again, not the best, but he's knocking down his three pointers. He's averaging almost 10 assists a game. He's playing solid defense, and the Raptors are the best team in the East. They deserve to have two all stars, I think. All right, that's I'm 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 completely fine with him getting it. The reason I'm cool why I put getting it, I'm cool with Richardson getting it. I'm cool with Siakam. The reason why I'm putting him over Siakam is just because I feel like you don't you have you have to game plan for Kyle Lowry. You don't have to game plan for Pascal Siakam right now. Yeah, he's that, the kind of player right now just because he's so young. It's a. It's not a surprise, but if you can get something out of him, it's great. But you're not yeah. going to be. But and and Kyle Lowry is also, he can just score thirty points at any night. Pascal Siakam yep. is not going to do that. He's cho- he's chosen to be unselfish. Yes. So th- that's that's my last spot. And yeah. let's go to the West. Let's go to the West. All right, my 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 starting backcourt: Curry, Harden. Nobody's going to argue on that. No one's going to argue on that. James Harden and Giannis are probably MVP one and two right now. I'd go with Harden over him. That, that, yeah. That's my backcourt. No debate there. Yeah. The next one with absolutely no debate. Nikola Jokic. Sorry, Nikola Jokic. Excuse me. Okay. Do you agree? And let's, and, 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 uh, let's, let's, let's hear your, fr- right. your three forwards. My, 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 my front court. Paul George, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, excuse me, I did it again. Nikola Jokic. I got to disagree with you on that, Will. All right, let's hear it. I'm going as I, I recently just modified it, but I am going for my front court. KD, PG, and Anthony Davis. I think it's really? insane that you don't have Anthony Davis as an all-star starter. The, the season that he's having, especially since December, Okay. What, what's he putting up? Like 33 and like 14? Like he's been mythical. He's been mythical. And talk about a team that, like we talked about Kembo, a team that can't play without. Oh, no. The Jesus New Orleans Christ. Pelicans have a good team. Well, without Anthony Davis? 
No, they all compliment him. That's why they put it that way. That's what, I think, that's what I'm saying. If if you take away Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, what the fuck do you have? That's well, why. no, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is Anthony Davis has solid players. I'm not even sure if they're making the playoffs right now. And he has solid players. Drew Holiday's a borderline all-star. So this is what you're this is why you're saying Anthony no, Davis is not Anthony an all-star Davis, starter. Anthony Davis is on my bench. He's definitely an all-star. Well, of course. But, but- but I put Jokic because, number one, the Nuggets are the number one team in the West. Nikola Jokic is the best player on the best team in the West. Now, Nikola Jokic this year is averaging about 20, uh, 20 10, and 7, I believe. Yep. No center has ever averaged more than more than five assists a game. Yeah. He's, he's averaging been, he's seven. He's, I believe... It, I believe he's second in the NBA in triple doubles, and he's a center. He's leading their team in assists. He's in the he's in the top like fifteen in the NBA in assists per game. He runs their team. He's been he's been also very good defensively this year. He's been playing about as good as he possibly can, given his physical limitations, and he's shooting the three pointer well. He's he's distributing. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He rebounds. He scores. I think he has to be a starter. That's all true, but you can't talk me into Jokic over Anthony Davis. You just can't look at like just you. I just don't understand that. Okay. However, I will well, say this is the way I decided it's, it's, on my forwards. Is the Nuggets is, let me give roster? You my thought process real quick. Let me give you my thought process. I think KD is a must. KD's a lock. KD's a lock. I think Davis is a lock personally, and then I think for the third, for the fifth position. I'm cool with Paul George, Jokic, or LeBron. It's See, Paul George is a lock, high, but it's a fucking it's it's a toss up for me. Paul it's George a is a lock for me because Paul George right now is my number three MVP pack. With, Paul with George, reason. he's a superstar again. Paul George, yeah, he's a superstar again. He this year has been the best defender in the league. He's shooting, or he's he's sorry, he's scoring about twenty seven points a game. He's been the best player on the Thunder, who are the third, second or third best team in the league, and he's been the best player, best defender. I just I don't he he's having the best season of his career. LeBron has missed a lot of games this year. LeBron's still an all star. LeBron, if LeBron had played every game this year, he of course he'd be an all star lock. But LeBron's missed a ton of games this year, and that's why I put him on the bench. I agree that it's more for me. It's more of a toss-up between PG and Jokic, but if LeBron were the fifth All-Star starter, I would be I would be completely fine with it. He's put, I mean, he's just casually putting up twenty-seven, eight, and seven. I mean, you know, yep. he's putting up the LeBron. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Now, okay, so we both do have Jokic and AD on our team. Yes. So the rest of my the rest of my locks off the bench, my bench locks are Anthony Davis, LeBron, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, my bench locks are Lillard. I'm saying I don't I don't think that I don't know if he's going to be there, but Drew Holiday 100% deserves a, a spot. He's not a lock, but fuck, he, he really deserves a spot, I think. He's been that oh. good this year. I don't know. I don't I can't really call okay, him a I'll lock. lock. I need to, I need to hear the rest of your roster before I can debate you on that. I'm saying if if my if if George is in my starting lineup, I'm saying Lillard is a lock, LeBron is a lock, Jokic yep. is a lock. Yep. And I'm saying I want Carl Anthony Towns. I I say okay, yeah, Towns is 23 and 12 this year. I'll call him a lock. And then I think Gobert is close to one as well. Colbert is also, or sorry, Gobert, not Colbert. Gobert is very close to a lock for me as well. Yeah, he's he's in my. I had three wild card spots at the end. My three wild card ones are Gobert. I think I think that he's as close to a lock as you can get without being a lock. Yeah, he's I been agree. fantastic this year. Probably the second best defender in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been much improved offensively. Mm-hmm. My next, basically a lock, but not really, is Russell Westbrook. Okay. Now he's averaging a triple double. Again, yep. 
amazing how that can just kind of become like a whatever stat, right? Yeah, we don't even give a shit at this point. <laughs> now his sure, shooting, his cool. shoot, his shooting this year has been awful, abominable, absolutely terrible. But when Westbrook is on the court, you absolutely have to game plan for him. The way that I choose to think about this in some ways is if every NBA player is standing on a line and you're picking it for like pickup basketball, are you seriously? Because I, I debated Mike Conley. I debated Drew Holiday. I debated DeMar DeRozan. Are you really going to take one of those guys over Russell Westbrook? Yeah. No. I kind of, I really, I kind of have to. You, you really conv- completely convinced me just with that. If if we're talking about that analogy, you've completely convinced me as Russell is the second guard in the West. <laughs> you've completely convinced me. And now, now Drew Holiday is on the chopping block right now. Just period as <laughs> an all star. Period as an all star. Now, also, I don't think the Pelicans deserve to have two all stars. At least the Thunder are second or third in the West. That's also a really good way to look at it. Now. Now, my last Western Conference All-Star spot, as we begin to wrap up the podcast here, is Luka Doncic. Okay. I'm putting him over I'm putting him over DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, Devin Booker. All these guys, I have to put Luka Doncic, and it's the same reason that I have to put Westbrook. If all these guys are standing in a line, you want Luka Doncic on your team. At this moment, yes. However, I will just to make just for the sake of argument, I am going to go with my complete gut here. And there is a reason why the Spurs are doing Spurs things this year. And it's not just because of my man Greg Popovich, the greatest basketball coach in the history of the game. It's yep. because of DeMar DeRozan doing work this year. 21 6 and 6. He it's not as great as it's not as great a statistical year ever, but boy has he looked good. And I I I just have to put him as my very last spot. I'm sorry, Doncic. It's it's so close for me. I Tobias Harris was someone I also gave consideration, just being the best player on a Clippers team, putting up 21 and 8. Um, yeah. Lamarcus also uh, Lamarcus Aldridge also deserves consideration, putting up. Now what? Now what? Did, now what did you say? DeRozan was averaging. 21, 6, and 6. Essentially Doncic, the same as Doncic. Who's Doncic is averaging is 27 and 5. Yeah, that essentially balances out. Now, I the reason I'm putting Doncic is because if Luka Doncic was not a rookie, he'd be an, he'd be an all-star lock, correct? Uh, I don't, cause, and, and that's my thing. I don't care if he's a rookie. I don't give a shit he's a rookie either. I just think that DeRozan's a little bit more deserving, especially when you look at the Mavericks record, and that's not and that's not Doncic's fault. That's not Doncic's fault. But I got to give DeRozan I get it. I get uh, it. Uh, I, I got to give him credit because of where the Spurs are right now. decide to go with DeRozan. Now we're going to wrap this podcast up here with a surprise stat of the episode. Now, you know how you teams, Julian, usually are like, you got to pass the ball. Teams that pass the ball are usually better. Like, you want to, like, you know that you know that whole expression? Yeah. This is the top five in the NBA for passes per game. Number five, the Golden State Warriors. Number four, Locked. the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Number three, the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Number two. The Philadelphia 76ers. The Pistons. Now, number one, do you know what team averages the most passes per game? Let me hear it, bro. The Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies average 15 more passes than the next highest team. Who only average about two more passes than the next team. Pretty much the next 29 teams in the NBA are separated by like one or two passes. They average 15 passes per game more. The reason why I want to bring this up is because not all passing is equal passing. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And let me just, before we go, Will, let me just say one thing really quickly. I saw the other day an article on my timeline that 
one of the leading vote getters for the All Stars is Derrick Rose. Yeah, I saw that. Get the fuck out of here! No, <laughs> what you better get. get man, what the yeah, Derek, Derek Rose has fans. Hell? You gotta He's be got fans. Get the fuck out of here! There's no my ass. Derrick Rose deserves to be an All Star. You get what the? F- yes, come back, come back, Player of the Year. Sure, I'm cool with that. Of course, he deserves to get that All Star. No, no fucking way. Over my dead body. That's all I have to say. I agree. Now, now I know I just said last thing, but we just learned via Adrian Wojnarowski, Victor Oladipo, season-ending knee injury. He's going to oh, require oh. surgery. Man, we will Good talk Oladipo. more. We'll we'll talk more about that next episode and what it does to the to the uh, Indiana Pacers. But wow, mm. what a what a heartbreaking injury. That's crazy. That's awful. I feel bad. Oladipo is one of the best young stars in the league. He's an incredibly likable guy. He's the best player on the third best team in the East. He's the best musician in the NBA. Yeah, he's the best musician in the NBA, too. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to The Scorer's Table. Check back next week for a new episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Leave us leave us a good rating. Leave a review. It means a lot when we see that. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. See you later.